When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Atlanta Braves score four more runs than the Phillies in a four-game series, yet take out of take three out of four. Braves are the NL East champs. Jeff Mosher, what happened in Philadelphia? Uh, well, it wasn't really fun to watch the Atlanta Braves clinch the NL East uh, in Philadelphia, even though we knew that was going to be the outcome anyway. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. The Braves and Phillies are separated by a lot of games, a lot of wins in the standings, right? I mean, the Braves are far and ahead above a lot of teams. But when they play, and in particular this past series, you see that they're not that far away in talent or or what they are as teams. The the Braves just are better, I think, at capitalizing on little mistakes, whether it's a, you know, in the field or just a, a pitch that hangs. They obviously have a great lineup. Um, that has been surging all year long. I Their bullpen, I think the Phillies showed they can get to because the Phillies are, are swinging some good bats right now. So if these two teams were to meet up in the playoffs again, I think it could be interesting again, even though it looks on paper like a big disparity. Um, and I'm not trying to like put lipstick on a pig here. The, there's some issues going on with Phillies pitching that we'll get into uh, that you hope gets rectified. But in general, last podcast, I remember saying I feel, felt like the, the Phillies were in cruise control. Despite some pitching concerns, I still think, you know, you've got the Cardinals coming up. You'll have the Mets. You'll have the Pirates. They'll be back into that 15, 16 games over 500, I believe, soon and be in cruise control. Um, just wish they could have been a little bit just like a tad, a frank, a, uh, like a tad bit more thorough with the arms against the Braves. That would have been nice. Well, I'll start with this. So the Phillies made a decision, not this this set of starts, but the start before mm-hmm. Aaron Nola could have pitched the day after Zach Wheeler did, which meant that he could have pitched if he had been one start one start sooner in Miami or against Miami, he could have pitched the final game of the series. Would you have tried to line it up so that the Phillies had Wheeler and Nola facing the Braves this time around? I mean, theoretically you might have said that that's a that's a pretty good idea, but Nola's been getting rocked lately, and um, the Phillies actually got a, a pretty decent like pitching performance out of out of Sanchez, right? Didn't he? Didn't he have a uh, ten strikeouts? In, yeah, in five game? five like, innings for for earned, which which if that's he's probably six, what Nola's given. <laughs> if he's your sixth starter, I mean that's that's yeah. what you would expect, I guess. But of course, they're facing Spencer Strider, who is really 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 good, except for those rare moments he just blows completely up, <laughs> but. Right. You, know, you knew it was going to be hard for the Phillies offense yesterday. I mean, four runs on eight hits with 10 strikeouts and seven and a third for Sanchez is probably what you're going to get on, on his best day from Aaron Nola these days. So what are, you know, it's almost like, does it matter? <laughs> yeah. So but I, I would just, the reason they won last year against the Braves in the playoffs is they had their best, their best half of the roster 
playing. <laughs> and right. so I thought that they could have done that there. Now, now the good news is the next series in Atlanta where they play three, you should get Wheeler and Nola in that series. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in fact, they could even go Wheeler, Nola, uh, Suarez, I think, if they choose to do so. But, uh, but is, is that important? Should you be setting this, this rotation up to be in the order that you would hope they would be at the end of the season? Well, I mean, for going into the playoffs, yes, of course. Although, don't you feel like after, they should set it up to have Wheeler and Nola? Because no matter what, that's got to be your top two. I think right now, Suarez definitely still has to be your number three. And do you do you think Christopher Sanchez is making a strong case to be your fourth guy over Michael Lorenzen? I mean, three weeks ago, Lorenzen's pitching a no-hitter and all-star and we're talking about what he is and thank you Christopher Sanchez for being a great fifth starter as we sit here today I'm a little torn there on on who the best guy I mean Taiwan Walker's come back to earth a little bit you've got three guys all different in a way and I'm not sure exactly who the Phillies think that they should be that fourth guy yeah I don't think they know yet so they've got a couple starts left to figure that out Right. Uh, or it could be could be an all hands on deck situation that they they all pitch <laughs> and then try to get you to the the arms that you trust later in the game. Now let's let, so so let's transition to that though because I think that's that's really important here. Talking mm-hmm. about who who the, who you can actually trust in the bullpen right now and and who you think you can actually you have an idea of what you're going to get from them. That's a little bit tough at the moment. Mm-hmm. Now I saw some people upset at Kimbrel with the uh, with the the Ghost Runner scoring to lose that game. Did you take that on Kimbrel? Well, he hasn't exactly been stellar in his last few outings. I I get what you're getting at. Um, probably not all of it, but I can see why when you're struggling, it's easy to put it on him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He gave up. He gave up what one hit in that outing. One hit. Yeah. I and mean, you're right. Enough. If the ghost runner is that... not there, do they score a run? Probably not. But, you know, well, I, I think it's it's this, Frank. So forget about the whole Kimbrel element. The the Phillies, I, I saw this stat, and I, and I think it's amazing. In the last three weeks, the Phillies have hit the game-tying or go-ahead run in the eighth inning or later five times. Five times. And five times they've lost. They're 0-5. How, how is that even fathomable? that you can go ahead or tie a game in the eighth inning or later five times and lose all five games. So I think the the pile on to Kimbrel is really a pile on to the back end of the bullpen, which has been lousy lately. Yeah. Sir Anthony Dominguez alone, what two, two of those Marlins games, yeah. two run home runs that made the difference. So, so don't you think when you watch Sir Anthony, like he has velocity, it's not a question of, is he throwing hard, right? It's just command and control. And, and to me, the only way a, a guy can get better at that is if he gets more work, but you can't keep throwing them as you, I mean, listen, I, the Phillies are going to make the playoffs, but you want them to be the number one wild card team. You can't kind of keep throwing him out in high leverage situations and asking him to learn control and command. You know, last year, this happened to Alvarado at a time where they could send him down, get him right and pull him up. I don't know if they feel comfortable doing with that with Sir Anthony just for a week. And I don't know if a week is good enough. I mean, he he needs a lot of work to get into a better con- rhythm and control. And I don't know how that, maybe he has to be a long man for a while just to get some innings in to do that. Well, September 10th, I tweeted or X or whatever the heck you want to call it. 
I said, I pointed out that I've said that just that he's got to pitch through this. Mm-hmm. But, and I said, at this point, I think it should be a triple A. You know, there were just enough games left there for, for him to have some time to work it out. And he has an option left. So they could have sent him to triple A, mm-hmm. let him pitch till the end of the season, which I think is like the 26th. So like there, if he, if it had happened then, uh, especially when they needed a fresh arm, they right. could have brought him back at the end. Uh, and, and so I don't understand why. They, they wouldn't consider that. I mean, not, not that they have a ton of really good pitching down there. Now, Junior Marte had, hadn't had a run scored on him in almost a month. So uh, they ended up bringing him up uh, to replace Bilotti. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think that that wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world if they uh, had sent him down. No, it wouldn't have. And uh, I thought you were dead on with it. And it feels like it's a little too late now to try to accomplish that. Now it is. Yeah. So, I mean, it should have been, yeah. it should have been before the series. Now, so, I mean, so, so maybe they can turn him into, uh, you know, and you hope they're not down by 10, but you know, if they're up by feet, they're going to play the pirates. You're going to play the Cardinals. You have some games where maybe in the fifth or sixth inning, you're up eight to one, hopefully seven to two, get him some time, get him some work in there and get him two innings. If he needs, like, I know that they're very careful with him coming off his surgery and they don't like to, pitch him more than an inning but i i just think he needs the work yeah i I hate to i hate to see it be in those close games because there really is no no i mean even alvarado needs to pitch through a lot of this although he's he showed he has shown signs that he can hang in there uh don't like don't like the walks when he's a little too wild um but he's he's been able to eke eke through a couple of those those appearances where he maybe walks one Mm -hmm. uh but i guess his I, i guess his stuff is so good that that the batters that like swat at it, <laughs> you know, are going to get themselves out. Right. But, uh, but Jeff Hoffman really is your most reliable arm, right? And <laughs> you can't pitch every day. I know he is. And it worries me because I keep wondering when sort of the, you know, I think he's proven that he's just a pretty good pitcher. And once you get a guy out of like, you know, ballparks like Cincinnati and Colorado and they have stuff that they can be pretty effective, but you know, do I really think Jeff Hoffman should be considered the the ace right-handed bullpen high leverage guy? I mean, right now he deserves it, but I, I can't say that I have a whole lot of faith that going into the last stretch here and the playoffs that that's going to be your guy. And even if he is, Frank, you know you know how it is. You need more than one. Yeah, the problem the problem is when you're in season, you if he pitches a couple days in a row, well, then he's not going to pitch the third day, right? So... Right. Then if if you get to the playoffs, then you can you can use the ones that are lining up best, right? That's why the Phillies did well last year because they had a, an electric Sir Anthony and Jose Alvarado and it was just like, "All right, let's get through 7 and then I'll, then we're good." Uh, right. I I don't feel that same confidence right now. No, I'm with you. And then who thought going into the year that, you know, by the by September you would consider, you know, Matt Strom and 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 Hoffman as your two top kind of arms coming out of the bullpen. So yeah, I just worry you know, that I just worry that you're going to see that they're taking on too much. And even them by the end of this month might get a little bit fatigued or, or just overworked. Yeah. Yeah. They need some eight, one. Yeah. They need some eight, one wins, some six, two, you know, they need some with St. Louis and Pittsburgh and the Mets coming up. I know they, they play, like you said, Atlanta one more time, but they really need a few lopsided games to give those guys some rest. So thirteen non non Braves games left. Mm-hmm. I I also would worry that they take some of this competition too lightly. Yeah, you know, didn't that seem to happen in the past? 
Yeah, I mean we the September swoon that we, that we've yeah. referred to in the in the past. That's true. Um, that there's always part of that, and and they are a hot and cold team swinging the bats, so they can certainly run into some decent pitching at, at some point, and and just, or just like you said, uh, take a team lightly, not have their best defense going on. Um, but I think the the having the Brave series in between kind of helps like keep that competitive juice going. By the way, when you look at the Braves series, you know, Atlanta, they played 10 times, right? Atlanta went seven to three. There's one Braves blowout the uh, back in May when they won 11 to four. But I was going through the box scores. Braves win eight, five. Phillies win six, four. Phillies win two to one. Braves win four, two. Braves five, one. Braves 10, eight. Phillies seven, five. Braves seven, six. You get, you see what I'm saying here? Like they have played the Braves fairly well. It may not reflect it from a win-loss standpoint, but it's like if you can just clean up one or two things, then I think you're all right, you know, and we'll see if they wind up meeting up again. So I'm glad you brought that up, cleaning up one or two things. I, I think the Phillies need to make some adjustments on this roster, and not not major adjustments, but I think you saw in these series you can't be giving roster spots away. Mm-hmm. Rodolfo Castro, they don't want to use him. So why the hell is he there? <laughs> right? I mean, he he is not being used. Right. And because two other bench spots go to speedy defensive center fielders who hit right-handed, mm-hmm. you need some you need some more than Jake Cave being your left-handed bat who plays first base, who plays left field. Jake Cave is playing way too much. Thoughts. Yeah, didn't we didn't we didn't we say last podcast that now would be a good time to get Derek Hall back up, right? And use that roster spot, get a guy at first base who can be left-handed power whose name doesn't have to be Jake Cave, right? So that never happened. So and and Hall was hitting well in AAA. I don't know if, since our last pod if he's settled down a little bit, but to me it doesn't matter. I mean, he's a first baseman by trade, he's a left-handed power bat, and he's somebody not named Jake Cave. So every time they face a righty, you have to have Jake Cave in either left field or first base. And I think at this point, they, they can't be giving out giving outs away. And uh, Jake Cave, you know what he is. He's He's been in the major leagues a long time. I know the Phillies fans might not recognize him much because he was playing in places like Minnesota most of his career. But he has a thousand major league at-bats. You know where he is, right? Now... Derek Hall didn't have that great a, a, a year at the major league level, but down at AAA, 300 average, 930 OPS, 17 home runs, right? That's that's pretty decent mm-hmm. down there. Now, does it, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that he's had the regular playing time, uh, will, will, will that let him come up uh, perhaps a little bit more locked in? Um, now, right. granted, he probably wouldn't play a whole lot. He would sit on the bench, uh, whatever Bryce Harper plays first base for, and, and Kyle Schwarber is a DH. You kind of know that going in. Uh, but you know, the days that, that Harper can't play first base, you know, you could, you could throw him at first base and you just schedule that against right-handed pitching. And so the, maybe it, maybe that all lines up. And then the other, the other name that that's on the 40 man roster that they could also perhaps use is Cody Clemens, who 922 OPS at AAA. Now I know he, he, he was just so, so and had his moments, uh, in the major leagues, but he's also able to play first base a lot more naturally than Jake Cave. So 
Uh, you know, I, I don't think Cave has been a train wreck at first base, but that's him playing out of position. And I'd rather see some of that. Uh, I'd rather see a better glove uh, if if there's not going to be any offense there. 100%, especially in the playoffs. That stuff matters. We saw last year with Reese Hoskins when, when you're just not fundamentally sound at the position. It can hurt you in the worst moments. And then those are the moments you look back and say, why did I put Jake Cave? Why in a big game, right? In a playoff game, do I have Jake Cave at first base? To your point on Derek Hall, did he struggle at the major league level this year? Yes, but I feel like the sample size was really small. Obviously, he had the injury. He yeah. was hurt 54 a lot. bats. 54 yeah, that, bats. That, that's not a ton to me. I mean, Clemens had certainly a larger sample size, right, than than Hall did. I, I get the, the concept of, well, Derek Hall has got to play every day, so that's why he's down in AAA, but he has been playing every day. It's the end of the season now. I don't think yep. the need to play every day is as urgent as just making sure you have – a better, a natural first baseman and a nice left-handed power bat. And, and, and the thing about this is we're just talking about the pieces they have in their control. Like I, it's too late to go say, well, maybe they should have picked up an extra bat at the trade deadline, or maybe right. they should have claimed Randall Gritchick when he was free and available for everybody. Uh, th- that's, that's, uh, that's all old news. We're just talking about maximizing the 40 man roster that they have right at this moment. So, that's that's something that I uh that I would really uh look to. Also, they they've been playing a very straight lefty righty. Would you would you put just just put Johan Rojas in center field every single day and just say play your defense and then we'll get Marsh's defense in left? Yes. Um and then you well, and then you you sort of get in that triangle of right, Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper. Are you saying just for his right handers? Well, I mean, if well, whenever, whenever Bryce Bryce Harper plays first base, okay, you need to have put your best outfield defense. So if you if you put Pache then at left or or Marsh at left and Rojas, I'm sorry, in center, then which of Castellanos and uh and or Schwarber are you sitting? No, they're all playing. No, because one's DH, right? The other's right. Schwarber will DH. Yeah, Yeah, that's basically basically you're saying I'm. I'm going to play a right-handed Rojas instead of a left-handed cave. Left-handed cave. Yeah, I would do that actually. Yes. I mean, I just hit- th- I think that they're very a lot of organizations are like this with young players, they're very reluctant to put everyday title on that player. You know, they they're just it's like they feel like it's a little too much responsibility, but I think Rojas has handled everything that's been thrown at him. I mean, this guy is a uh, this guy can play. And for what he gives you defensively, forget I mean, he gives you a lot all around, but he, you got to have him on the lineup. And Marsh can Marsh is showing he shouldn't really sit either. So yeah, I I would say have them both. So Rojas has more bats at the major league level than Derek Hall did this year. Mm-hmm. Sixty just against right-handed pitching, pitching. So he had two sixty-seven against righties, seven sixteen OPS. That's I mean I don't know that he would do that in an extended period of time, but that glove, that glove. <laughs> yeah, I that's, mean you that's can game changing love, game game changing speed. Yeah, you could live with him if he wasn't swinging the bat really well because of what he, everybody else is can, should art is supposed to be swinging the bat well anyway, right? And he's saving you runs with his ability to play in center. And if you put him and Marsh on the field at the same time, no one's getting you're not hitting the ball into the gaps, right? I mean you're 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 giving yourself a lot of uh, what do they call that stat defensive run saved or whatever? I know it's yeah. Usually, 
Yeah, I know. And he's he's been he's I don't know the current number, but it, he was up to like five in, in a short period of time in the major leagues, which is which is which is elite. <laughs> but yeah. by comparison, I know I know uh, Kyle Schwarber was down to like negative uh, 18 defensive run saved uh, <laughs> before he finally started DH in a lot. Uh, so I, I don't know how much that number has changed. But uh, but yeah, but Jake Cave last 15 games, 147 batting average, one extra base hit slugging so he's slugging 206 so an ops of what's that 443 in fifth last 15 games uh, man you you summarized it best everybody knows what jake cave is he's a triple a player that's it a 4a player you know he comes in every once in a while he gives you a nice hit i think in what game two he had a hit a yeah he had a triple, triple that's his only extra yeah. base hit in his right. last 15 games right right but but that's He's not giving you anything you couldn't get from somebody else. Yeah. So, you know, I see him as the type of guy you stash him. at. You know, if you're a major league team, you stash him at AAA. If somebody's injured and out for a while, then maybe you call him up. You know, that that seems to be his role. But but he's playing way too much for me. Why do you think why, why do you think that they have some sort of fascination with playing him? He's the only left handed bat they have on the bench. But I mean, in comparison to the ones at AAA that we we just mentioned, I, I don't you know. They're just afraid <laughs> of youth. I mean, I, I'm really trying to figure. It would be one thing if Jake Cave even had a history of being a really good player and just wasn't anymore, right? Where you think, all right, if I just get him the the rotation, if I get him the the time in there, we'll we'll see a semblance of what he used to be. But he was never anybody. Yeah, he was okay with the Twins. He was just an okay player. Yeah, a thousand major league bats. Uh, he hit that mark this season. I think he's like a two thirty hitter lifetime. So right, that's 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 a big enough sample size for me. All right, let's talk about someone else struggling. Last seven games, JT Real Muto hitting one seventy two. I don't think I don't think in normal circumstances he would have had a had a night off uh, yesterday. They they put Stubbs in against uh, the righty uh, Strider. So it was, right. but you're starting to see them say, all right, JT, take a take a breather. So day off tomorrow, gave him off last night. I think they're 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 trying to deal with him scuffling. Yeah. How many years left again from uh, the extension that he sent? Two years left. So next year and one more year, huh? Yeah. Um, because now it's you know, last year it was it wasn't a great year, but he had like two or three pretty prolonged hot streaks, uh, especially in the second half, started to go oppo, and I wasn't sure if that's because he was just late or just you know, he's that strong so he can go oppo and, and get you some gappers and some home runs to right. But this year he had that <laughs> we keep talking about it. he had that like one week when they played Oakland, right? Where he was on fire and then that and it just never was the same. And and he's sort of looking like an aging catcher who just doesn't have a whole lot of juice anymore. Now, at least he can farewell behind the plate. I, I think yeah. I think he's been okay there, but I, I, I have expressed concerns over them playing him too much. So now it's probably the time to, to to start thinking about later. I mean, look at look what the Braves did. You know, Travis Darno, yep. um, probably at the similar point, right? Time time to slow down a little bit. They went and got a starting catcher in Sean Murphy, and Darno Darno plays DH sometimes and and mm-hmm. uh, catches some games too. Uh, but I think you just got to start thinking about uh, who you can get that can play a little bit more in the next couple of years. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm. Um... So you're talking about don't have a backup catcher, but have like a one A and one B like the Braves do. I think yeah, 
That's probably yeah, pretty but, smart, you know. And, and if, the, now the only thing is, Travis Darno was always a good offensive catcher. He was always kind of a defensive catcher, but he was certainly never a star player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the potential to one day be, but he never really recognized it, especially when he was the Mets. He was always hurt. JT is a very prideful player. So even with two years left, if you bring in a 1B next year and say, hey, this guy's going to play 30% of the games, 30 or 40% of the games, do you have a problem with that? Do you have a JT Realmuto problem, or does he actually see, can he look in the mirror and say, I am not what I was three or four years ago. This will act, this will be better for me to play less because he's always been prideful about how much he plays. Yeah, and Raphael Marchand, of course, spent a lot of the year injured. Uh, you know, they the expanded roster usually netted you a third catcher. This year, they they did not do that. That's the first time I re- <laughs> that I can remember. I mean, of course, it's only been a few years with the with the uh, shortened roster in September. But hey, Raphael Marchand hitting a uh, three three oh five at AAA, a eight twenty OPS. So he's hitting a little bit, right? Which hitter? I mean, it could be then that that you know you have to give him major league spot next year over Stubbs uh, to, to make sure that you have somebody who can play a little bit more. Maybe, you know, I mean, that might be even a, in a nice little, ext- I wonder if like you even start at spring training next year, where you're just not putting so much on JT. Mm. And by the way, why was, why is he batting cleanup? I don't, I don't really understand. I get the lefty righty thing. I think he, that's what, yeah. He, I mean, about. he kind of settled into that seven spot. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that that's where he was going to kind of stay, but I, I think I think what happened was Castellanos went st- stone cold, and they were like, "Well, he's our other right-handed bat." Yeah, I don't know. This, see, that to me is the whole like when you get too caught up in lefty righty and not caught up in well, is a guy producing? You know, and I get you don't want three left-handers in a row. You don't want Harper, then Stott, right, then, and then Marsh or anything. But you you can get Castellanos in between there, and even if you had three out of four. But Harper's hitting lefties pretty good this year to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what the numbers are, and it might not be as good as look, but every time he's up against a lefty, I feel like he draws either a lot of pitches or hits the ball hard. I, he does not look over. He's never looked overmatched, but I mean, I think he wears out lefties pretty good, even when he doesn't get a hit. Yeah, they're, they're going to play Bryce Harper. They're going to play Kyle Schwarber, no matter who is on the mound. So right. I, I, the, the, that's that's a decision that they seem to make no matter what. Now, mm-hmm. if we if we look at if we look at Bryce Harper's splits, of course, traditionally they they're both going to be good, but uh, but he's hitting two seventy nine versus lefties, and so eight forty seven OPS, a little tick down below uh, facing righties, but that's still, of course, very very good for for Bryce Harper, and yes. so uh, so yeah, so he just goes out there and uh, he's just going to play every day. Now, uh, Kyle Schwarber, I don't, but then then again, two seventy nine. I don't think you need to tinker with the lineup too too much there. If, no. if he is doing just fine. But that's and the then, point of even if Castellanos is struggling, Frank, you're putting JT Romilter in there instead as a right-hander. He's not hitting any better. As a team, you're hitting fine. So why, what was the need to get JT, a struggling JTR up in the lineup just to punish a struggling Nick Castellanos? It didn't make sense yeah. to me. And then uh, Schwarber, meanwhile, his splits are kind of similar. <laughs> Um, 774 versus 849, uh, 774 mm-hmm. against lefties. So, and besides, if you, no pitcher goes more than five innings in this game, right? So, I mean, so a lot of these, a lot of the times that the lefty is the starter and then by the sixth inning, you have, you have the bullpen and they don't have that many yeah. arm lefty arms in the bullpen anyway. Right. So, right. 
Uh, so, so I, I have no problem with that. So, but, uh, really, uh, we see that, uh, Schwarber though is pretty, pretty consistent. Um, more home runs against righties, more of it, actually double of, double his home runs are against righties, but yes, uh, 29 to 14. For, for a, a hot minute there, cause he was over the Mendoza line. He's, I think he's at yeah. 198 right now, but like a, a day or two ago, he was at like 203. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh he he has a, he has the potential to 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 finish over that. I mean, he's been he's been playing pretty well uh in recent uh weeks, so yep. Um, I I haven't looked in a while. Yeah, his last uh his last 7 games hitting 259, uh last 15 overall 296. Right. So yeah, yeah that's our this is, that that's our Schwarber. He's going to be what he is, which is a very unique player, I suppose. Uh, well, look, I, I, th- I think, yes, very. I mean, I, it's very rare you find a guy whose on-base percentage is 150 points higher than his batting average. I mean, you, you, you'll see like 50 to 60, right? But 150 is is uh, a little bit remarkable. But uh, I will say, I think he's for most of the first half, he was around the 320 on base percentage it's it's getting close to 350 i I will live all day i will not complain about schwarber as a leadoff hitter i'll live with strike if you're if you're and i'll live with the under mendoza if your on base percentage is 350 and you've got the 40 home runs i got no beef with you none yeah and it's 350 now i mean he's picked up the pace uh from from the early months right so i mean his, his on base was let's see here his worst month was was may was at 300 so, so it never really was that low. He had three forty seven in April, three three thirty nine June, three eleven in in July, then three eighty yeah. in August, and four eighty four in September. Whew. How about that? This September <laughs> has become June for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully he can ride a little bit more down the uh, down the stretch here. So, all right. So let's talk about the stretch then. So, uh, so how do you how are you feeling then with thirteen non gate Braves games left and three against the Braves, sixteen in all. What's it going to take for the Phillies to to win that first wild card? Uh, well, without knowing what the other teams are. But by the way, the the last podcast we did, who was leading the NL Central the last time we did? Brewers? Oh, yeah, Brewers it have had it pretty solid. Right. The, the Cubs are creeping up, and yeah. you wondered, but the, the Cubs just lost two out of three in Colorado, so maybe they're cooling off a little bit. By the way, yeah. that was a good time for them to lose two out of three, as the Phillies lost three of four to the Braves. So. Kept the Phillies uh, a little bit of a cushion, right? So the so over these last sixteen games, give me eleven and five. I think then you're fine. I'm not saying you have to win eleven of sixteen and go eleven and five. I mean, certainly you can. You know, figure you win two against St. Louis, one against Atlanta, two against the Mets. That's you know five right there. Two against Pirates, seven. Two against the Mets. That's nine. So maybe eleven. I'm I'm being a little. Um, too ambitious there. That would but put I them in ninety I, wins, but they would have they would have to they yeah. would have to sweep. I think they would have to sweep a, a series or two. Yeah, probably. Which I think that they can do. They've played Pittsburgh pretty tough this year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, I think they've done well against Pittsburgh, but St. Louis as well. St. Louis as well. Yeah, I. I all right. So so if they if they win if they go nine and seven, I think they're fine. You know, it may may get a little dicey there depending on what, what the Cubs do. But if they go nine and seven, I think they're fine. If they win t- 10 or more games, I don't see them being caught. Yeah. I would hate to see the Phillies lose that home game for the wild card series. 
Uh, so, I mean, the Cubs, uh, looking at their, 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 uh, their final stretch, they're also off today. They have three against Arizona, which, which mm-hmm. is also a team still in the running for the wild card, right? They, they, I believe the latest standings have Arizona as the third wild card. So, uh, so that's going to be a tough series for the, the Cubs and, and, and actually, and for the, and for the, uh, um, <laughs> and for the Diamondbacks, you kind of want them to sort of just beat up each other, uh, right. during that series, right? So, uh, hey, so... I wouldn't mind the Diamondbacks being the fifth seed, really. Uh, and, and the, yeah, because I, I wouldn't mind the, the Phillies having to play Arizona. In, oh, excuse in... me. Cincinnati Reds are also tied with the, the, uh, Diamondbacks for the third wild card. So they're all kind of bunched up there. So yeah. the Cubs are two games ahead of both those teams. Uh, and I, then Miami I wouldn't mind Arizona or Cincinnati sneaking, sneaking over the Cubs right there and that lining up to play the Phillies in the first round, you know? Or whatever wild card round. Yeah, so the Cubs have three against the Diamondbacks, three against mm-hmm. the Pirates, three against the Rockies, three against the Braves, and then three against the Brewers. So the Cubs have a, a have a tough couple series to end the season on the road. Three in Atlanta, three in Milwaukee, and Milwaukee will probably be trying to slam the door in the division uh, by then. So, so the Cubs, Cubs, you could argue have a little bit of a harder stretch than the Phillies. Um, you know, facing the Diamondbacks and the Brewers. Uh, they both they both have three against the Braves in Atlanta, so so that's that's a little bit even there. So uh, that would be uh, the Cubs schedule coming up. Mm. And let's see if we can let's see if we can see what the Diamondbacks. I mean, ideally, while you're looking at that, don't wouldn't you like Cincinnati or Arizona for the Phillies in, in the wild card round instead of? Oh the yeah. yeah, me too. <laughs> although although I will say, you know, Arizona, the two really good starters. Although uh, I think uh, the Mets beat up on Zach Gallen the other night, yeah. but. Uh, I'm just happy Miami is sort of falling out of it. <laughs> they're only a half game behind them. So, I mean, who, I know, they're, they're, I hanging know, but they're hanging around hanging there, but didn't uh, Alcantara get Alcantara? Get, Alcantara, uh, he, he will probably miss next year too, which is a shame because he's really, really, uh, really electric, electric young pitcher. And he's probably yeah. headed to Tommy John surgery. Torn UCL just came out yesterday. So, yeah, so yeah. they're not just having him having to go without him this year. Um, and he was on the he was on the IL with something else, you know that he went on right before that Philly series, mm-hmm. and then it turned out that he did have a, a tear in his UCL. So, um, big big blow for the uh, for, for the Miami Marlins and and their hopes this year and their hopes next year because uh, you know they they uh, the, the pitching was always what made the Marlins what they were, right? So um, that's a that's a big that's a big loss. All right. So meanwhile, Arizona, they have three against the Cubs, as we said, two against the Giants, three against the Yankees, three at the White Sox. And then they finish the year against the Astros at home. So, mm. so, uh, I mean, the Yankees can always, uh, slug. Aaron Judge can always have a good day and put a lot of runs up on the board. And then the Reds schedule uh, to close out. Uh, this, they're this weekend. They are at the Mets. They have one, one, one today against the Tigers Thursday. And then three against the Mets in New York, three versus the Twins, the central leaders in uh, at home, three against the Pirates at home, two at the Guardians, and they close the season at the Cardinals on the road. So, so I don't think there's anybody that that you look at and say just well one has a major schedule advantage over the other. Um, I think the Phillies the Phillies do line up well against those other teams uh, that aren't the Braves, but. The Brave series, you'll you'll see Wheeler and Nola pitch. So whatever you have Wheeler and Nola pitch, you could get two good, really good games out of them. Uh, so you could, 
You could maybe. You would hope. I mean, like it or not, I mean they're the two arms that are that are your top two arms. So yeah, you're just that they're the ones you got to go to battle with, right? You have to, Frank. I mean, I, I mean, are you concerned? Aren't you concerned a little bit by 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 the inconsistency there? Well, I know they're. I know. I know he can still give you a good game. We'll see how he does against the Cardinals. He he did well against the Cardinals the previous time he faced him. So, so we'll see. I I I uh, you know it's it's like the thinking back to two thousand nine, right? Cole yeah. Hamels was what he was. He definitely did not have a Cole Hamels year after being the World Series MVP in two thousand eight. You know, so and Bradledge wasn't the Bradledge of two thousand eight either. Right. So. So they're kind of dealing with with Enola, uh, Dominguez, and Alvarado that were not the same as the year before, and mm-hmm. so we'll we'll have to see what happens. There's no Pedro Martinez to throw out there. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. That's a good crossover, uh, immaculate grid one for Phillies and you know Red Sox and, ex- and <laughs> Expos. By the way, when I do that that game, I always forget. Whenever there's a Nationals thing, I always forget that they were the Expos first, which are so much better for the. Oh, that counts. Grid. I see. I never even thought yes, of that. It counts. It's the franchise uh, as a whole. So, and it's so much better because you like literally every good player that ever played in the major league started off with the Expos, right? So, <laughs> so it really helps. <laughs> yeah, who was the one yesterday? I was like really excited over. I can't, I can't remember. There's too many of them in my head, but uh, uh, yeah. I, I love finding the obscure player. Oh, Doug Minkiewicz was was really helpful yesterday. Reds and, oh, and Yankees. Who nice <laughs> I, I remember seeing playing Double A against at Reading uh, years and years and years ago because he had the the name that was like, all right, let me see if I can pronounce this before the PA announcer. But, uh, <laughs> I had a good um, rarity on the um, Padres and a Gold Glove. Who's that? Oh wait, oh wait, that's not, if someone listening might not have done it yet. You might you might ruin it for them. So ah, uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you next episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. We'll have to hear from it. All right. Well, well, big uh, big big games ahead, Jeff, and we'll be around to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right. I can't so this wait. Been, yep. <laughs> this has been the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. If you're listening Thursday, go Birds. We'll catch you next time. 